This is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards. There are two New Orleans, the glamorous party city that tourists see and the day-to-day reality of the heavily segregated black neighborhoods outside the French Quarter. That more real New Orleans is defined by economic inequality, street violence, drugs, and institutional racism. For the young people born and raised there, it is the land of no opportunity. Indeed, many struggle just to survive to adulthood. One of the few paths to success for teenage boys is football, which offers a way out with the promise of college scholarships, the possibility of a lucrative pro career. But it is too easy for even the most talented high school players to get off track when faced with the fraught daily reality of life. It takes a special person to guide these young men away from preordained failure and toward success and even to keep them alive. In Algiers on the west bank of the Mississippi River, that person is Edna Carr High school coach Bryce Brown. Award-winning sports writer Kent Babb first told the inspiring story of Bryce Brown in the Washington Post. Now in his new book, Across the River, Life, Death, and Football in an American City, Babb goes deeper, widening the narrative with intimate portraits of Brown's players, staff, and surroundings in an ever-tested community. Kent Babb covers sports for the Washington Post and is the author of Not a Game, The Incredible Rise and Unthinkable Fall of Allen Iverson which in 2016 was shortlisted for the Penn ESPN Award for Literary Sports Writing. Babb's journalism has received national praise. He has won more than a dozen awards from the Associated Press Sports Editors, and his work has been featured three times in the Best American Sports Writing Series. He lives outside Washington, D.C. Happy to have Kent Babb join me now here on Speaking of Writers. Kent, welcome to this program. Hey there, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. Why this book, Kent, Across the River for you? Well, um, a couple of years ago, as you pointed out, I wrote a story about Edna Carr and Bryce Brown, and I just remember sitting on the sideline and thinking there's just more to it than this. I mean, I, what I was doing when I wrote the article in 2016, I'm sorry, 2018 for the Post was, you know, kind of writing the, the after photo, you know, I, and I wanted to know kind of why this city was the way it was, you know, why can't uh, the New Orleans Police Department solve more than a third of the murders that happen here? You know, why... Are, why is the city on pace for 700 murders or shootings just this year alone? Um, and, you know, why do people get gunned down, shot in, in, in any hour, in any neighborhood, at any time of day? It doesn't matter if you're white or black, rich or poor. You know, just in the last two Saturdays, uh, 10 people got shot on Bourbon Street. I mean, this is the tourism, you know, kind of nerve center of that city and an entire economy. So I just wanted to know, I wanted to, to write the before and also kind of write the real time. I wanted to see the transformation happen. So, you know, I embedded for the 2019 season. Uh, I live outside of D.C., as you pointed out. I've got a young daughter. And I went back and forth. I flew back and forth 19 times, almost every weekend for eight months, uh, every weekend uh, during the season. And, you know, I just, as much as I possibly could, you know, this is a football program with an all-black coaching staff, all-black player roster. Uh, I am a 39-year-old white man, and I just wanted to see how this really is. I wanted to uh, embrace my outsiderness. I wanted to, you know, sort of see something that that's hard to think about in this country. And why is it so hard to succeed? You know, why is it lazy? You know, for many Americans to say um, anybody can make it if you just work hard enough and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I just wanted to see the realities here. And, and then I wanted to write a picture that needed no embellishment, uh, write a, 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 a book that needed no embellishment and sort of capture the story as a portrait, you know, just as it is. You know, so I want to I just want to show everybody this world and I want to I want to show it to them just as I saw it.
Kent, what is Algiers like? Very working class. Um, I mean, it, it's, there, there are places in it that, to me, and again, this is my perspective and experience, um, that feel, you know, I guess they feel dangerous. Um, you know, like that's, it's a place that I wouldn't normally go. You know, if I'm visiting New Orleans, I generally stay on the East Bank, which is where the French Quarter is. I tend to stay in the touristy areas, uh, which I'm sort of now embarrassed of, but a lot of people do that. That's just what you do. Um, and the first, I remember the first time I ever got into an Uber, uh, to go to Algiers, uh, the driver turned around and asked me if I was sure. <laughs> and I said, yes, I'm going to Edna Carr High School. And uh, they're like, okay. Um, and I think it's just not a place that most people, you know, who start in the French Quarter tend to go to. And so um, it's where a lot of New Orleans' working-class black residents live. And more, there are more of those living there than there used to be because gentrification has applied ongoing strain. Uh, this is a city that probably as much or more than any other city in the, in the United States has sort of suffered from the supposed Airbnb effect, where people who come in with money, buy up properties, uh, turn them into $600 a night Airbnbs, therefore the property taxes and rents go up. And suddenly the people who have occupied these nearby homes, often for generations, can no longer afford their own homes. So they get pushed uh, farther and farther away from city center, uh, from public services, hospitals, law enforcement, things like that. Uh, for a while, if you called 911, nobody would even be dispatched for hours. Sometimes if you get your car broken into something like that, uh, it may take them a day, sometimes longer, to arrive. Uh, it's just a place where, especially if you live in the outlying areas, you just don't have regular access to these things. Um, at the school, there are kids there who are in homeless situations. A lot of these young people don't have access to food, running water, electricity. It's considerably more difficult than I was prepared for and was ever comfortable even imagining until I first crossed the bridge. This coach, this high school coach at Edna Carr High, Bryce Brown, what is he like? What has he meant to the school and the kids there and the players? And how did he end up there? So Bryce is a fascinating person, and, and he's somebody that I've come to admire and respect a great deal. Uh, first off, like he's a relatively young person. You know, when the story starts, he's only 34 years old, but he looks considerably older. So for one, he's right around 400 pounds, and I don't know for sure because it's been years and years since he stepped on a scale. He doesn't like going to the doctor because they hector him about his weight, about his bad habits. He doesn't sleep more than like three hours a night because if a player calls him with some crisis, he answers. It doesn't matter what time it is. He never puts his phone on silent. He never hits ignore. Uh, a lot of times he's the one delivering food to these young people. And, in fact, after practices, you know, they, they have these marathon, long, grueling practices that aren't just to help them compete on Friday nights. It's also to sort of run out the clock in the day. Like a lot of the times, like, I mean, these are, these are teenagers. They have, you know, this abundance of energy. They want to, you know, go explore. They want to go hang out with people. And that's exactly how people get in trouble down there. That's how people get shot. So these coaches, they wear these kids out, and then they demand they go home. And Bryce, in fact, drives all around the city you know, after practice and calls them and says, I'm either going to deliver you food, uh, I might bring you, you know, some supplies or something tomorrow. It's really just a way for him to ease his mind and say, hey, I'm doing something, and to remind these young people that big brother Bryce is watching. He is an amazing football coach. I've covered football at every level for 15 years, including, you know, five years covering the NFL. 
And Bryce is as good a play caller as anyone that I've ever been around, even in, even in the NFL. He just has this mind that can decode this highly complex game. The game comes easy to him, but he has this parallel mission. Not only is he supposed to compete for championships, they won three straight state championships in Louisiana when this, when this book started, um, and have been to 10 out of the last 11 state championship games. But he also wants to make sure that he never loses a player or somebody he loves the gun violence ever again and it's a feeling he knows all too well yeah what would you like readers to take away from this book i mean if, if you enjoy football you know like i do i learn more about football the game itself um in these 18 months or whatever than than i have in three in 15 years covering the game at, at whatever level and that's the truth but this is not a football book you know there's an algiers in every city in america you know it's not a new orleans book even it's not a black book it's not this is not that. I, I really believe this is an American story that, for me especially, I just was not willing, until I first went to this place, I was, I was not willing to acknowledge that things are as hard for so many Americans in this country as they truly are. It's just one of those things where it's just easier to say, if you work hard, you can get a college education, you can do whatever you want. The reality is considerably more complicated than that. And so many young people here... Even if they want something, even if they want to succeed and not break the law, they're not often given a roadmap on how to make that happen. So I think if you're genuinely curious about how difficult it is and almost what it takes to succeed in this country in some communities, um, you know, I, I just want to show you this world, and I want you to see it the same way I did, unfiltered, unpolished, kind of coarse, a little uncomfortable, because for me, understanding sometimes comes as a result of sacrificing a little bit of comfort. Kent Babb, the book is Across the River, Life, Death, and Football in an American City. Kent, thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And you can connect online with Kent Babb. He is on Instagram, B-Y-Kent-Babb, B-A-B-B. Twitter, at Kent Babb, and uh, website, too, kentbabb.com. The book, again, is Across the River, Life, Death, and Football in an American City. Kent Babb is the author. And that is Speaking of Writers. I'm Steve Richards.